Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Epic. Glad that you are here with us. If you are new to us, we're in week three of our Direction series. And in this series, we're exploring together some of the paths that we travel in life. And we're trying to figure out how can we stay on good paths and stay off some of those bad paths that lead us in some bad directions. Now, today we're going to be looking to God and his GPS for us that will help us stay on some of those good paths. Now, for a quick review of this series where we've been so far, we've said that we are all on multiple paths in life. We're all traveling down these paths. We're all on a spiritual path, a relational path, a financial path, a vocational path, a health path, an emotional path. So there's all these paths that we travel at the same time in life. And each of these paths lead in a specific direction towards a specific destination. And on some of the paths that we're traveling, we are headed in a good direction. And on other paths that we are traveling, we're headed in a a bad direction. The principle that guides us on all the paths that we travel is this. Direction always determines destination. Direction always determines destination. So the direction that we travel in life will determine the place that we end up in life. And we get that when we're driving around town. We understand that concept when we're you know, navigating the roads, but we don't always understand how that principle applies to our personal lives. Now, our theme verse for this series is Proverbs 22, verse 3, which reads, a prudent person or a wise person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. So in life, there are wise people and there are simple people. Wise people are always looking at the path that they are on and they're always looking for danger. So anytime they see danger or something that doesn't look good on the path ahead of them, they make a change in the direction that they're going or they take precaution to be careful as they walk down that path. Now, simple people, on the other hand, don't pay any attention to any trouble that might, that might come their direction. And that verse says they suffer consequences for that. Now, let me just ask you by a show of hands, how many of you would say you know at least one person in your life that's been a simple person? One person that has walked down a path they should not have been on. So keep your hands high. Okay. Now, how many of you would say you have been that person? All right, in the first service, a lot of people did this. They put one hand down and put the other hand up. I'm like, okay, yeah, you got me. So we've all done that, right? We've all been on paths that we shouldn't be on. Isaiah 53, 6 says, all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. So at one point or another, in our lives, we all get this idea that, you know what, I think I have a better plan. I have a better idea than God has. I'm going to walk down this path away from God's path because I think it'll lead to a better place than the place that God wants me to go. Two weeks ago, we read what God says in Proverbs 1, verse 23, which reads, come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. The cool thing about our God is that he wants to help us. He says, listen, you don't have to be simple. 
You're born that way. You're born simple, but you don't have to be simple on your life. You can learn to become a wiser person. God wants to help us learn how to walk down paths that lead to life and to avoid paths that lead to death. Last week, we added to the principle that we're looking at. Again, we've been saying direction always determines your destination, but we added and said this, attention, not intention, determines our direction. So what we allow to capture our attention will determine the direction that we head in life. And we've got to be careful about those things that capture our attention because they might lead us in a direction that we really don't want to go. We also said that attention has way more to do with the direction we travel than our intentions. Sometimes we walk down a bad path and we say, you know what, my good intentions will hopefully end me up in a good place. And God goes, no, what you pay attention to has way more to do with the direction you travel than your intentions as you walk the path that you're on. And so we asked last week, what has captured your attention? What person has captured your attention? What thing has captured your attention? What are you following? Because what has captured our attention will determine the direction that we travel in life. Now grab your Bibles and turn over to Proverbs chapter 3. In our paperback Bible, it's found on page 482, Proverbs chapter 3. We are going to, we're going to look at a passage that God spoke through the wisest person who ever lived. We're going to look at starting in verses 5 and 6. If you've been reading along with us in our Bible reading plan, you've been reading the book of Proverbs on a a weekly basis, and you have been reading the words of this man that we're going to talk about this morning just a little bit. His name is Solomon. And just to tell you a little bit about Solomon, when Solomon was about 18 or 19 years of age, he became king of Israel. And at a, a, a spot in his life when he realized he didn't know much, he is at a, a, a new path for him. He's at the beginning of this path, and he's looking down this path ahead of him, and he's saying, God, I need some help. I'm not sure what to do. I don't know how to lead your people well, so I need you to help me. And so this really cool thing happens. God shows up and says, okay, Solomon, what do you want? Ask me anything and I'll give it to you. Now, imagine being asked that on your 18th birthday, okay? So what would you ask for on your 18th birthday if God said, ask me anything and I'll give it to you? I'm sure some of the things that I would have conjured up on my 18th birthday would have not been real impressive to God. He probably went like, oh, that's what you want? Not a, not a really good choice there, my friend. Well, Solomon didn't ask for money. He didn't ask for a new chariot with nice leather seats and a stereo system. He didn't ask for a new iPad or iTouch or iPhone. He didn't ask for God to kill all of his enemies, which would have been a big request in that day. What Solomon asked for was wisdom. He said, listen, God, I am too young to rule over your people. I don't know what I'm doing, so I need help. Will you please give me wisdom to show me how to do this. And God was very pleased with Solomon's request. He was so pleased with Solomon's request that he gave him wisdom, more wisdom than this world has ever seen. The Bible says he's the wisest man who has ever lived. And on top of that, God gave him wealth 
and God gave him world recognition. So people would travel from around the known world at that time and just sit and listen to Solomon's wisdom. They were blown away at his wisdom. And they would give him all kinds of gifts as they would come and visit him and his wealth would continue to grow. So with more wisdom and knowledge than this world has ever seen, Solomon said in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do and he will show you which path to take. If there was ever a person who could say, you know what, I know how to handle every obstacle that comes my way in life, it was Solomon. If anybody could say, you know what, I know which path to take, it was this guy. And Solomon did not say, trust in your knowledge. Trust in your knowledge and then you'll know which direction to go. He didn't say, trust your gut because your gut will always lead you to a good place. He didn't say, trust your heart because your heart is good and it'll lead you to a good destination. He didn't say, turn to your smartphone and ask your smartphone what to do and do whatever it says. I can't find anyone to call. Siri? Are you there? I'm everywhere. Well, at least someone is available. Look, I need to talk. Should I quit my job? I'm afraid I don't know what you should do. Siri, I thought you could help me. I hate this job, but I can't find a job I really want. I am so lost. Here's your current location. Uh, thank you, Siri, but... I know where I am. I just don't know where I'm going. Okay. You know, let, let's try something else. What does God want me to do with my life? Let me check that for you. Would you like to search the web for God's no, purpose no, for life? No, 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 thanks. Look, I don't think the web has the answer I'm looking for. What's your job? Maybe I can work with you. I'm not allowed to divulge that information. Come on. You have a really good job. A really cool job. I want a cool job. Plus, I'm really good at telling people what to do. Look, since you can't tell me what I'm supposed to do with the rest of my life, maybe you can tell me what I'm supposed to do tonight. You don't have anything on your calendar for tonight. Well, thanks for making me feel like a loser. Crumbs. Look, I'm really hungry. Do you have a restaurant that you can possibly recommend to me? I found a number of restaurants. 24 of them are fairly close to you. I've sorted them by rating. Rating? Rating by rating? I've always wanted to be a food critic. Siri, are you saying that I should quit my job and become a food critic? I can't answer that. Why not? You see things, and you say, why? But I dream things that never were, and I say, why not? Why not? That's it. I think that's it. 
I'm going to quit my job and become a food critic. Thank you, Siri. My pleasure, as always. Siri, will you marry me? We hardly know one another. Oh, I'm sorry. I went too far. It's okay, really. So we, we laugh at videos like that, but in life we do stuff like that all the time. You know, every day we are tempted to trust in something other than God. And we're tempted to trust in things that we really shouldn't be trusting in, things that God goes, I don't want you trusting in that. Turn to me, don't turn to that. And so every day there's this battle in us. Are we gonna trust God or are we gonna trust something else out there on our journey? Solomon would tell us, I know you think you know what's best for your life, but be careful. That path you're traveling, it might just be one of those paths that God warns us that leads to death. I know you think that you may never feel love again for your spouse, but be careful. Trust God with your marriage. I know that opportunity looks like it could make you a lot of money, but be careful as you walk down this path. Be careful that you're trusting God more than what that opportunity looks like it might give you. I know that maybe you've battled poor health for a long time and you're tempted to doubt that God loves you, that God cares about you and your situation, but be careful. Make sure that you trust God with your health. Solomon says, trust God with all your heart, not just a portion of it. And last week, Solomon warned us in Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. See, Solomon knew that what captures our attention, what captures our heart determines the direction that we travel in life. And he warns us, be careful about the direction your heart wants to lead you. You've got to guard your heart with God's truth because our hearts can lead us in some bad directions. I recently had a conversation with uh, our tech guru, Brian, who is leaving, uh, exiting the uh, room right now. I see him leaving. He, he does not want to hear this next portion of the service because we actually captured him on film and we put him on the big screen and he's like, I can't watch that. So I had this conversation with Brian, who is a pilot. And we were talking about this issue of trusting how we feel over trusting other sources of truth that are around us that are trying to speak truth to us about the paths that we're on. And Brian said some real fascinating things in that conversation. So take a look at this. My name is Brian and I'm a corporate pilot. One of the first things they uh, teach us when we're learning to fly is to trust your instruments. And uh, what they mean by that is when you're flying in the clouds, you can't see outside, it's just white. Um, and you can't tell if the airplane is turning left or right or, or going up or down. So we have an instrument called an attitude indicator in the airplane that tells us if we're turning left, right, or if we're going up and down. And we gotta focus on that primarily to know what the airplane is doing. And we have three of those inside of our airplane so we can verify that all three are saying the same thing. Because uh, a lot of times when you're in the clouds and if you're not paying attention to uh, the instruments and uh, the airplane is turning and you're in the turn for a while, your body gets used to being in that turn for a while and it may feel like you're going straight. And then when the airplane, uh, when you do roll the wings level and you're going straight again, it may feel like you're turning the other direction. It's, it can be a very disorienting feeling. And the only way to really prevent that uh, is to look at your instruments and trust them. 
if you don't trust them, what, what your body's telling you is that, hey, you're turning the other way, uh, even though you're going straight. And so what your body was telling you to do is to go back into the turn, because that's what feels straight to your, your body. And uh, a lot of times what can happen is you will go back into that turn, and it can be steeper, and it becomes steeper and steeper until you're starting to descend and the airplane becomes out of control. Uh, so the only way to really prevent that is to trust your instruments and, and even though um, the instruments may be telling you you're turning to the right and you don't feel like it, you're going to have to you know, level the airplane off and, and just look at the instruments and trust that what they're telling you is true because if not, um, it can lead to an out of control situation and that's what the, those instruments are there for is to um, help us focus on what the airplane is doing and we really just got to tune out what our mind and our inner ear is telling us and just focus on what we're seeing on the instruments. So when you see Brian today, make sure you tell him he did a really good job and ask him for an autograph. That'll be really cool. That'll boost his, his spirits a little bit. So what applies to pilots when they're flying applies to us in our personal lives as we're traveling the paths that we're on? Because sometimes we can trust in our gut or our emotions so much that we end up in a bad place. We, we end up drifting off of a course that we should be on because we're trusting in the wrong thing. We're not looking to the instruments that God has provided us and we'll end up in a really bad place. So we have to train ourselves to trust God and his resources that he's provided us above how we feel, above what we think, above what we think we see. Again, because we can end up in a really bad place. I love the name of the instrument that Brian mentioned there in that clip, the attitude indicator. We all need to check our attitude indicator as we're traveling the paths that we're traveling to make sure that our attitude is in check as we walk these paths that God wants us to be on. Now, trusting God can be one of the most difficult things to do. It goes against our nature. It goes against how we feel. It goes against what we know. It goes against what we think we know. It goes against all these things that are wired into us. Trusting God is difficult, and it's not any easier for me as a pastor. Sometimes um, people look at pastors and think that they were born a pastor and think, oh, yeah, they got that figured out. It's, you know, it's easier for them because they were just kind of born that way. But we all struggle with issues of trusting God. Be honest with you, this past week, I've really been wrestling with this issue of trusting God again. And there are moments when I'm teaching something here at Epic that I'm a little bit nervous about what God is going to do in my life as I teach that thing. Because often what happens is a subject that needs to be taught on and God says, yeah, we need to take you through a teachable moment so that you can learn how to teach what I want taught instead of what you think you're going to teach. And the reality is I love teachable moments for you. I think they're great things that you should have in your life on a consistent basis. And I think I should be around to help coach you as you go through those teachable moments. But I am not a big fan when teachable moments come into my world. And I, I know that a lot of us can identify with that. But many of you know that uh, my wife and two of my kids have been diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease. And it's been a journey that we've been on for the past five plus years now. And the, the beginning of that journey for us uh, looked like two plus years of us going from doctor to doctor to doctor trying to get answers and getting no answers. And on that journey, it, during those lonely, confusing years, us asking God, God, what are you doing here? And God whispering, 
Will you trust me? And me responding, saying, I'm, I really want to do that, God, but I'm struggling with trusting you because of what I see and what I feel. I'm walking this path. We go into these doctor's offices with all this hope that they'll have an answer for us, and we walk out with our hopes dashed. There's nothing that this doctor can do to help us, and we don't know where to go next. And so, God, I want to trust you, but I'm not sure how based upon the path that I'm on and what I see with my eyes and what I feel in my body, I'm really struggling with this whole issue of trusting you. We'd go to another doctor and the doctor wouldn't be able to help us. We went to Shan's hospital twice to see their, um, their doctors over there and, and nothing. So we'd come out with nothing and God would say, trust me. And I'd say, how? I, I don't know how to do this in this moment. And then about two and a half years into our journey, we found a doctor in North Carolina. God guided us to a doctor who thought, yeah, I think I know what you're dealing with and diagnosed my wife and kids with chronic Lyme disease. And we were grateful in that moment. It was direction. It was an answer. It was, okay, now we have a new path to walk. God, we don't know how to walk this path, but at least we have clarity on this path. Thank you, God, for giving us an answer took a long time to get there. I wish you would hurry up sometimes, but thank you for getting us to this spot and giving us direction. And we started our new treatment. We were told, you know, it's going to take a while to get there. It's not going to happen overnight. It took a while to get to this spot, and it's going to take a little while to, to get out of it. And, and oh, by the way, hey, it's going to be fun because it's going to be really expensive on the journey. And then we found one day, I opened a letter. Um, I can't remember how long ago it was, but opened a letter from our insurance company who said, hey, guess what? Um, we don't think any of your treatment is medically necessary, so we're not going to cover any, any of it from now on. Like, oh, yes, another teachable moment. This is exciting. I love this, God. Great. Give it to somebody else. And I'm not sure how God has met our medical bills, because I do the finances in our house. I see the numbers, and I'm not sure how God does it, because it doesn't work out on paper but God has always paid our medical bills. It's just been really cool to watch how God does that. But for the past several weeks, I've watched Tammy's health slide backwards. And she has gotten over the past probably six months to a really good place. She's not better, she's not through it, but, but she is doing things she hasn't done in a long time. And my wife was very active, very athletic, and she went almost overnight from very athletic to couldn't walk couldn't get out of bed, so much pain in her legs, walks with a, a, a cane, and um, a lot of pain that she couldn't explain and doctors couldn't help solve. And um, so I've been watching over the past few weeks as her health is slowly slipping backwards, and I'm watching and asking God, what are you doing? What's going on? I thought we were on a good path. I thought we were headed in this really good direction. I thought this might be the answer. So what are you doing? Now I'm confused. And uh, the doctors recommended we try some new medicine. And so I went to work on that and found out that one of the medicines costs $66 per pill. All right. And she's like, like two a day for, you know, who knows how long. So that's about $4,000 a month for one pill, one medicine. And my wife takes 30 to 40 pills a day in, on her treatment plan. So here I am at this spot wrestling with God again. God, I know that you've done this in the past, but I'm here in this spot right now, wrestling with trusting 
you. I'm not sure what to do. Then Friday night, um, my wife had a, she runs our uh, children's ministry here and she had a kids ministry meeting and uh, 20 minutes before the meeting, her body gave out and she could barely walk up our stairs to get back in bed. She could barely get out of bed to go to the bathroom. She hurts so bad. And so this morning she's in bed praying for us as we're here um, learning about trusting God. So this past week, I've just really been wrestling honestly about this. And um, I didn't want to talk about this this morning. I had some other things planned and um, it it was like trying to put together a a puzzle without all the right puzzle pieces. And I'm working on the message and God goes, I don't want you using that piece. I'm like, but I want to use that piece. He says, I don't want you using that piece. I want you to tell this part of the story. I don't want to tell that part of the story. Um, I I don't want to tell people that right now because I'm not through this. I'm in this. I'm walking this trusting God again road. I'm not on the other side of it looking back going, hey, you know, this is, this is what you can do as you walk this road. And so in one of my pity party moments, I don't know if you ever have those when you're kind of arguing with God and he's just sitting there patiently listening, but in one of my pity party moments this week as I'm driving somewhere and just talking and just kind of venting, I said, God, here's the bottom line. Here's the deal. Here's what I feel. I'm tired of trusting you. I'm tired of watching my wife and kids in pain. I'm tired of trying to figure out how we're gonna pay for all this. I'm tired of Lyme disease being our teachable moment. I'm tired of Lyme disease being our story. I'm tired of that. It's, it's wearing me out. And so God said, hey, I want you to look over and check your attitude indicator. Let's see how your attitude's doing. And I said, I don't want to look at my attitude indicator. I know it stinks. I get it. I know I'm out of balance. I know I'm headed in a bad direction. I know that I'm looking at my circumstances and my gut and how I feel, and it's leading me in this direction. And I need to look back and look at my attitude indicator and make adjustments in my life, looking at that instrument, looking at you, who is above my circumstances, and trusting my gut. So I don't want to look at that, God. And so God has been asking me all week, are you going to keep trusting me? Or are you just going to talk about it on Sundays? So, well, if I have an option, I'd rather just talk about it on Sundays, God. That'd be really nice because it's a whole lot funner to tell other people how to trust you than it is to trust you in these moments. But God, what else am I going to do? Who else am I going to trust? Certainly can't trust myself can't trust you know, other things out there. They often lead in bad directions. I know I can only trust you. And so it is no coincidence that we today are looking at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. No coincidence. God knew exactly what I would need to hear. I don't know if anybody else needs to hear this today, but I need it. God knew exactly what I needed to hear today. So trusting God involves walking to the edge of what we understand, to the edge of what we feel, to the edge of what we can see, you know, that hard data that we all like. It's walking to the edge of all that and taking a leap of faith towards God and saying, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you when I can't see it. I'm going to trust you when I can't feel it. I'm going to trust you that you're in charge. I'm going to check my attitude indicator and make sure that I'm trusting it in you above all else. So trusting God involves telling God 
God, I'm going to trust you with my relationships. I know this world tells me to follow my heart and that it's going to lead me to a good place, but I'm learning that my heart can lead me to a bad place. So God, I'm going to trust you with the relationships that I'm in. God, I'm going to trust you with my future. I'm not sure which path to take, but God, I'm going to trust that you see all the paths that I'm on and you see where I need to go and that you will guide me on that path. God, I've dealt with this health issue for a long time and I'm not getting any answers and I am tempted to doubt your love for me and that you do have a plan, but God, I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna take a leap of faith towards you and trust you with my health. I'm gonna trust you, God, with my finances. You know, when we sit down and look at the the bills and everything, try to figure it out on paper and it doesn't work, God, in that moment, I'm not gonna look to that piece of paper. I'm going to look to you, and I'm going to trust you with my finances. Trusting God involves putting our faith in action. We see that in Proverbs 3, verse 6. It says, seek his will in all you do. Seek his will in all that we do, on every path that we're on. There were several key elements to seeking God's will. The first is learning more about the Bible, God has spoken about so many things in life, and it's found in the Bible. God's thoughts captured in print for us. So there are many questions that we have. We say, God, you know, what do I do here? How do I handle this situation? Which path do I take? And God says, just open the Bible. I've already spoken. So we need to learn how to navigate the Bible. We need to learn more about the Bible. And that can be an intimidating thing, especially for those of us who may be new in our faith or new exploring the Bible. As you pick up the Bible, you may go, where do I begin? It it can be kind of confusing. So one of the places I encourage people to start is the book of Proverbs. Great place to start. We've been doing that in this series, a place that we can learn about God's wisdom. Another place that you can start is in the book of John, a great place to watch Jesus guide people on the paths that they're on. You'll get well acquainted with Jesus in the book of John. So those are some great places to start if you're looking for some guidance there. Now, the second key to seeking God's will involves what the Bible calls a wise counsel. It's having other people around us who are on our spiritual journey. They're on a spiritual path. Maybe they're a little bit farther ahead of us and we turn to them for help and guidance because the reality is there are moments as we open the Bible and we read and we look, there are moments that the Bible seems um, like it's a gray area or it's not exactly clear what God is saying. In those moments, I think God wants us to turn to other people that are on the same spiritual path that we're on, that have a good handle of God's word, good understanding of what it means to turn to God and trust in him on a regular basis for our lives. The reality is people like that can look onto our paths and see things that we can't see. There are people in my life that can look onto the path that I'm on and can see things a little clearer than I can in those moments where things get fuzzy and cloudy for me, and I'm not exactly sure which way to go. God wants us to turn to them for some help in understanding which way he wants us to go. So God's given us the Bible, and he's given us other people, other Christ followers that are on their journey. Be careful who you ask wisdom from. Make sure that they're on that spiritual path that you're you're on. Make sure that they are moving towards God and listen and learn from them as they help guide you in your life. 
Now, verse six again. Seek his will in all you do, and here's the reward for doing that. He will show you which path to take. God will show you which path to take. It may take longer than you hoped. It may take you down a path that you really don't want to go down. God may use people you'd rather he not use. God may uh, bring you through a teachable moment that you'd go, give that to someone else, please, in order for you to learn the thing that God wants you to learn. But God will show you. He's promised in his word to show you and help you. He will guide you. God keeps his promise. So the question is, will you trust him? Whatever path that you're on, with whatever situation or issue that you're dealing with in your life, will you trust God? Will you look to him above how you're feeling, above what you see, above anything else in your life? Will you trust him? Now, as we close today, I want to say a few things about some of the paths that we get on that lead to bad destinations. Sometimes we get to these bad places and we look around and we're like, okay, I realize I'm at a bad place. God, I admit it to you. And that's a great thing to do because that's where God wants us is to admit, to acknowledge I've been a simple person. I've walked a path I shouldn't walk. And now I'm in a place I shouldn't really be. And we admit that to God and and turn to him and say, God, I need a little help. I need a little motivation, a little boost, a little help in the right direction. But 2 Samuel 14 says some uh, really powerful things to me about some of the bad paths that we end up at in life. 2 Samuel 14, verse 14 says, all of us must die eventually. Our lives are like water spilled out on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. I'm so glad the verse doesn't stop there. But God, two words that tell you God's about to do something that we can't do. But God does not just sweep life away. Instead, he devises ways to bring us back when we have been separated from him. I love the mental picture that paints for me. I can just see God up in his you know, garage or at his workbench or sitting at his desk and he's devising ways, constantly thinking up new ways. Oh, here goes Trent again, off the path. All right, let me come up with a new way to get Trent back on the right path, to get him back on the path that leads to life instead of the path that's leading to death, the path that he thinks he's on right now that's headed in a good direction. Our God never gives up on us, ever. No matter where you've gone, no matter what you've done, no matter how far away you think you are from God, God is devising ways to bring you back into a relationship with him. And on top of that, when we end up in those bad places, those places that we go, you know, God, why'd you let this happen to me? And he whispers back, I didn't want you to go down that path. I tried to warn you and you went there anyway. So I'm going to do, again, the but God part, what only God can do. I'm going to walk with you to a new destination. We end up in those bad places and God says, I didn't want you to go there, but I will be here with you. I'll take your hand and I'll walk you from here, this bad place I didn't want you to be at. I'll walk you to a new place, a good place, a path that leads to life. But you have to trust me. You have to trust me. Will you trust me? And God extends a hand waiting for us to reach out and grab that hand and trust him to lead us to a a path that leads to life. There's only one destination that we can't come back from. And that's a real place called hell. And the reality is real people go there. 
It was never meant for humanity. But people who tell God, I don't need your help. People who say, I I don't need your guidance on this journey that I'm on. Those are the people who end up there. Matthew 7, 13 says, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. So spiritually, which path are you on? Are you on a path that leads to eternal life or are you on a path that leads to eternal separation from the God who loves you? Jesus said in John 14, I am the way. I am the way. There's no other way. I'm the only way. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So trusting in God with all of our hearts involves believing that Jesus died so we can live. It involves giving Jesus our heart and saying, I give you my heart. Please guard it and guide it for the rest of my days on this earth. Now on your seat was a card and should have been a pen. I ask you to grab that card and grab that pen for just a moment. And this card, it says, today I'm trusting God with my finances, with my relationships, with my future, my health, my salvation, or something else. In just a moment, I'm gonna pray And then our worship team's gonna come up and they're gonna guide us out in a closing song today. And as they are singing, I encourage you to spend some moments talking to God about your trust issue, about whatever that thing is in your life that you're going, God, I'm really struggling with trusting you. And I encourage you to take your pen and put a check mark by that spot, by that thing. If there's something else down there that you need to write, just write that thing down. And then at the end of the service, I encourage you to take this as an act of faith, taking your faith and putting it in action and walk over to one of our giving boxes. We have one here in in the auditorium and one out in the hallway and drop this card in the giving box to say to God, I'm giving this to you. I'm trusting you with this. Your finances, your health, your relationships, your future, your salvation, whatever. God, I'm giving it to you. I'm trusting you above all else, above all other things that I can see. And what's going to happen with these cards is our elder team is going to get these this week, and our elder team will begin praying for you on your journey as you're learning how to trust in God. So let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for providing us a GPS in life. Lord, it's a GPS that we've had before GPS has ever came out. Lord, your word, your written word for us, your thoughts captured in print that help guide us on the many paths that we travel in life. So Lord, we turn to you, the only one who can see our paths with clarity from a perspective that we can't see. And Lord, today we're taking a leap of faith to trust you in a whole new way. Lord, there's people here today needing to trust you with their finances. There's people here today needing to trust you with their health. There's people here today wrestling with relationship issues and they need to trust you 
with their relationships. Well, there's people here today that, that may be in that spot that they're saying, God, I need to trust you with my heart. I need to put my faith and trust in you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Lord, speak clearly to all of us on the paths that we're on. Guide us as we learn how to trust you with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've decided to put uh, Jesus um, as your number one, if you uh, decide to accept him uh, as your Lord and Savior today, I encourage you to do two things. Um, one is to get on our website, which is theepicchurch.com, and uh, there's some great resources on there to be able to guide you down your new path with God. And uh, also, secondly, um, tell somebody. It's exciting. If you're to tell me, I may or may not do a cartwheel-ish type thing. It'll look like a cartwheel to me, may not to you, but it'll look one to me in my head. But it's, uh, it's exciting, so tell somebody. God did not design us to be alone. Uh, he designed us to be together. We're a family. This is epic. This is our family. Um, and also, God also tells us um, to just to be able to trust God over our finances. And when we do that, we're able to impact the lives here at Epic and also in our community. So if this is something uh, as Epic is your home, as you call it your home, and you want to do this, there's two ways that you could do it. You can give in our giving boxes right here in the auditorium or in the hallway. There's one out there. Or you can get online at theepicchurch.com and you can give that way. Um, And if I have not met you yet, my name is Cody Anderson. And along with my wife, we are the leaders of Surge Youth Ministry, which is our middle and high school youth ministry. And um, yesterday we had a beach event and we had 25 students show up, uh, which is absolutely amazing. I challenged the students to be able to invite people. And normally we have about 15 students that come on a regular basis. And uh, I offered to give them a free shirt. And Jessica Buckles was actually the winner yesterday for inviting the most people. And uh, we had a great turnout. We played volleyball. uh, We played a little... uh, Um, just other games that we were there. We ate hot dogs. It was absolutely amazing. And also, can you thank the volunteers and the parents that helped me with this? They're absolutely amazing. And without them, we just wouldn't be able to do it. Uh, They're amazing people, and we're blessed to have them here. Um, And throughout the next coming weeks, we're going to, uh, we are actually going to be in the 4th of July parade, and we're going to be working on our float. So if that's something that our students would like to partake in, jump on uh, the Epic Surge Facebook page, and just let me know that you want to be a part of that. And if you haven't connected with Epic Surge yet, and you're in the middle to high school age range, uh, jump on there and connect with me on the Epic Surge Facebook page. Go ahead and like that, and uh, so we can continue to give you updates on our next events, the times, and uh, when when and where we're going to have them. And as you go out today, you guys have a wonderful day. Uh, Talk to somebody you don't know or don't know well and have a blessed week.